0: I feel like we're like a radio station asking you to do a spot.
1: (laughs) I've got a bad feeling about this. It's Flashback 64.
0: Welcome everyone to another episode of Flashback 64, the chronological Nintendo 64 podcast. I'm Gooey, joined as always by my co-host, McKenna. Hey, McKenna.
2: Hello.
0: Uh, We are joined again by my brother, Michael, a.k.a. Golly Rogers. Hello. What's up? Welcome back.
3: Hi, good to be back.
0: That's good to have you. And we are joined by a special guest from the Blockade Runner podcast, as well as standard definition gaming. We have Ryan. Hello. I've been listening... uh, To some episodes of your show because I I recently discovered it and um, there's lots of stuff I want to ask you about especially when we get into our uh, discussion on some of the games Um, but one thing we also like to cover is we kind of like to talk about specifically how the Nintendo 64 has like invaded your life or what parts of your life has it hit on and I you know, I know I've seen you post a lot about various N64 mm-hmm. games. So, what's your uh, backstory with the Nintendo 64?
1: Well, I was there, Gandalf, three thousand years ago. Um, I was there <laughs> for the N64 launch. Uh, it was one of the earliest uh, video game systems I got at launch. Um, the first video game system I got at launch, actually, because I bought my first uh, system. I bought was a Sega Genesis. Um, that I'd saved up for. And then um, N64 was the first one that like I was anticipating up until mm. the release date. And so, yeah, I ended up um, trading in all my Nintendo, Super Nintendo, Sega Genesis games and hardware at uh, Toys R Us. They Actually, oh, there was wow. a time when they took uh, trade-ins. And that's where I got my N64. And... Um, I think you may have talked about this in 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 an episode, but they kind of like broke the street date, and yeah, I was trying it, to figure
0: that the deal with that.
1: <laughs> yeah, well, they just uh, like we knew the date. Um, I think it was it like September 29th, maybe. Yeah, I, I believe 96. Right. Yeah, and that's what we were planning on, and um. But, yeah, got a call like three days before that, and was like, "Hey, you can come pick up your n sixty four now and uh
0: sweet that was really exciting,
1: <laughs> yeah, so yeah, I got n sixty four and mario sixty four um at launch, obviously, and um i uh had a lot of fun with that system. There's some ups and downs uh with it, I think, and it was really at like a very challenging era of video games like a hard time to be successful with um the PlayStation just like running running the show um but yeah i uh, had a lot of a lot of good times um with the N64 and i did and i played uh pretty much every game released on it for like the first like 6 months because they were so kind of sparse that either like friends would get a game or i would just rent them um
0: but yeah, yeah we mean d- done some time jumps you know going chronologically with this where i was like oh yeah there wasn't really anything released like in october i think so
1: yeah yeah it was uh it was a it was a desert but like they were nintendo's whole thing was like quality over quantity And that's, like, what they kept saying. And, like, I was, like, an avid Nintendo Power reader. And I was, like, yes, this is the right approach. This is, like, the right thing to do. (laughs) And then we kind of get to, like, cruising USA. And we're, like, (laughs) (laughs) really? Uh, Quality? You know? Uh." Um, But, Hmm. yeah, overall, I think, like, the games you've covered so far on your show have, like, pretty much all been bangers. Um, But now it starts to get a little bit a little bit more rocky but that's also fun and interesting.
0: Yeah, I'm I'm interested to see like how that's going to play out cuz like yeah, like I said in a previous episode, I think I was kind of I think we didn't get it right away and then it's like once it's out there's all these, you know, you already have a bunch of backlog of mm-hmm. like hits built up, so I didn't mm-hmm. have that experience like of like, wait, you know, anticipating like, uh when is another game going to come out. <laughs>
1: Yeah, and I think like my problem was I had I had sold all my video games to get the N sixty four, so that was that was it. Like I had no more access to any other console libraries, and I didn't have like a gaming PC. I guess I had a Game Boy, um, but as far as like console stuff goes, it was like N sixty four bus um, for that time. <laughs> so that was uh that
0: was the life. Yeah, I remember definitely trading in things and then, like, now thinking back on it and just regretting it so much. Like, oh, I wish I didn't give up all this, all these classic (laughs) Mm -hmm. games. Yeah.
1: But then you can (laughs) buy them back as an adult for, like, 50 times the price, which is fun.
0: (laughs) Yeah, true. So, like, this era, yeah, you've hinted at that, that, like, this has been a good launch window, it seems like. And then you've foreshadowed it like, some dark times, and I I don't know.
1: Sorry, I mean, sorry if anyone's, like, a massive Cruising USA fan (laughs) on the show, and, like, I, I guess we can talk about that, and you can have it out with me when we, um, when we get to the conversation, but...
0: Before we get into the games, though, let's do our, our patented, uh, flashback segment here, where we take a look. We only, from the last episode, we've only gone forward a week in time, so that's actually... I'm pretty sure that we've only got... It hasn't been that long, which I think that's pretty cool, but I guess they're ramping up. This is like the last release before the holidays. hmm mm-hmm. So it's we're pretty in... pretty big time. December 3rd, 1996. Uh, in terms of our, our top song, uh, No Diggity by Blackstreet has finally been... It's unseated. It kind of ruled all of November, but it's unseated by Unbreak My Heart, by Tony Braxton, which stays at number one for a couple months, actually. So that's kind of the new uh, heavyweight (laughs) single. (laughs) Um, Other songs we had up in the top five are Don't Let Go by En Vogue and I Believe I Can Fly, which is coming right off the heels of Space Jam. The previous weeks is a pretty big movie at the time. Best selling albums of the time were The Dog Father by Snoop Dogg, which got number one. Then for two weeks we had Razor Blade Suitcase by Bush, which was then unseated believe it or not, by uh Tragic Kingdom by No Doubt. Ooh. Which incredible was Incredible number- Record. Ooh. Yeah, we were we've yeah. listened to it a few times actually. Nice. Um it's Yeah, I mean it's... stamina out. <laughs> Yeah, watching some live videos.
3: Yeah, a huge Gwen Stefani fan.
0: That stays up there for, for months as well. So that was a powerhouse. Other other top five soundtracks were like movie soundtracks. So we had The Preacher's Wife by Whitney Houston, which I meant to watch, but we watched a ton of movies. So we, we couldn't get them all. <laughs> and of course, the Space Jam soundtrack was up there. But in terms of the actual highest grossing films, I just got all of December since we're kind of wrapping up the end of the year. So we had two, weeks in a, two weekends in a row. We had 101 Dalmatians. Uh, the live which, action, the live action one. <laughs> don't don't get them confused. <laughs> They're decades <laughs> apart, like I did for <laughs> a second. <laughs>
4: mm.
0: Um. Then we had, so we had a run where it was Jerry Maguire. Yeah. Michael, I don't. I not Have you seen Michael with John Travolta? <laughs> I haven't seen it, but I i'm aware
1: of its existence it's very very strange sounds like i should know this of all people
3: you should know
0: this yeah come on
2: (laughs) unhinged it was very strange
0: um and then the i think this was the big one for me we had a beavis and butthead Do america which it broke (laughs) some stats i got are it broke star trek 6 the undiscovered country's record for highest weekend debut in december and the Land Before Times record for highest weekend debut of a non-Disney animated film. Did you watch
1: that? Recently? <laughs> yeah. 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 <okay. laughs> How <laughs> does it hold up, I'm kind of afraid.
0: No, I I I love it. Okay. <laughs> I think I it's I always think it's really funny because like for the two, you know, leads, like nothing like like they don't understand what's happening to them the whole time. Yeah. And so, like, this whole movie happens around them, and they're just kind of oblivious to it. And, I don't know. I find that funny. <laughs> Other big games from the time we had uh, Dead or Alive, the first Dead or Alive, uh, Mega Man 8, and uh, Virtual Cop 2. So Bangers. I, Yeah. <laughs> this, mm-hmm. There's always something else some other bangers that we kind of missed out on if you were just a Nintendo 64 mm-hmm. household. But what can you do? That that's where I uh, employ the the cousin games. You go to over, over your cousins mm-hmm. and see what they got on the PlayStation. <laughs> the only really, like really big news story I could find at the time uh and it's it's kind of a bummer of one, but it was the uh the day after Christmas you had the uh the death of John Benet Ramsey um mm. which that's a weird one for me because I feel like when I was, like, when I was, I was six years old, and I feel like I was kind of shielded from hearing about that, because I feel like, Mm -hmm. I don't know, like, adults probably didn't want to talk about that around children, so, like, it was something that I never really knew, like, like, I know it was a big story, but even so, I felt like I kind of had, like, blinders on for it, Mm so, so kind of a weird thing to hear about later.
1: Yeah, I I was I was a very cuz I I would have been like a, a tween at this time and I was a very weird tween. I was obsessed with reading Time and Newsweek magazines because we oh. like had a subscription for whatever reason and like my my parents did and I would I would always I would just read them um like cover to cover and so I remember being like pretty looped in. <laughs> on this like even though i wasn't watching like broadcast news or anything but
0: yeah that's that feels sophisticated for a tween <laughs> i think it was like i I read those and like
1: nintendo power and egm and comic <laughs> books like yeah
0: were those, whatever was around were those your big video game like magazines you read egm and uh nintendo power uh um, Say like
1: in this era, um, I was, um, I was a big Sega visions reader during the, during the Mm. Genesis era. And then that kind of like got phased out by the time Saturn was rolling around. And then this was probably like my last time, like the last era of me, like uncritically reading video game magazines. Because like I mean I would read Sega Visions and Nintendo Power which were basically just like advertisements for those companies, Um, and then like then as like I got in I was like as I was a teenager um, I got into like next generation and Game Fan and some of the more like critical and sophisticated (laughs) magazines.
0: Yeah, there's only so critical uh, Nintendo Power only so much they can do and i feel like it's uh, it'll usually be over stuff that doesn't affect them that much
4: <laughs> yeah
0: <laughs> they'll post people they'll post like letters of people complaining about like the most insignificant things and i feel like that's the hardest they'll ever go is like someone going like stop talking about the virtual boy and it's probably like okay who cares the if they talk crap on the virtual boy it's all about the n64 now
1: Yeah, I mean, I guess they did start to, like, grow a little more critical during this era because they would publish letters that were, like, there aren't enough Nintendo 64 games and stuff like that. Like, um, you would see that from time to time, but it was still, like, probably until, like... GameCube, Game Boy Advance into the Wii era where I started actually seeing like negative like straight up like don't buy this game type reviews at Nintendo Power.
0: Wow. That, yeah. It's, I'm sure, especially at the Wii I'm sure they could get away with it with the bajillion things mm-hmm. of like shovelware <laughs> they would have on there yeah. like. Okay. Well good. We have something we can be critical about <laughs> McKenna. Let's get into Cruisin' USA.
2: Alright. Cruisin' USA is a port of the 1994 arcade racing game featuring courses based on real life locations in the United States. Starting in San Francisco's Golden Gate Park, you'll cruise across the US, west coast to east coast, where you'll arrive in Washington DC. With four cars to choose from at the start and three hidden bonus cars, all upgradable three times, you'll have a total of 28 different car models to race across the states.
0: See, that sounds pretty fun, right? <laughs> so, sounds like a game worth spending $60 in
1: 1996 money on. Hey,
3: you can go all across the states.
0: Yeah, well, they they definitely take some big leaps in between there.
2: <laughs> yeah, I think yeah, we, the Grand Canyon course. You don't got to worry
0: about those. Grand
2: Canyon and Mount Rushmore.
0: In the same one, they're like, yep, there we go. <laughs> So, yeah, Ryan, you were saying you were not, even when this came out, where you, you were not a big fan? Have you played the, the arcade version? Yes,
1: yes, and I was, like, I'm a huge fan of arcade racers, especially of this era, like, um, you know, they were, they were kind of, like, the premium thing at the arcade to big play, uh, like, because they'd be, like, a dollar or something to play, but, like, daytona usa ridge racer um and then this like they i i again like i wasn't really at the point where i was like this one is superior to this one it was just like these are all super fun games and i just like the vibe of all of them so yeah like i i really liked um Cruising usa playing it in the arcade and it you know it had this like this game and killer instinct had this kind of like system-defining feel to them because they were, like, the original, like, Ultra 64 games. And Mm. so it's like, yeah, this is what I'm going to be able to play at home when I get my Nintendo 64. And so they were kind of, like, elevated in my mind. Like, I'm going to get a perfect version of these games on my N64. Um, So, like, those, Mm. like, two years of, like, hype for the system, like, Yeah, like, really, really built it up. Um, But, I don't know, maybe a blessing at this time was, like, I had just spent, like, every bit of dollar and every bit of trade credit I had to get the system in Mario 64. So, like, I did not buy another N64 game until 1997. And uh, the... Oh, wait, I bought Mortal Kombat Trilogy. That was the one. Okay. (laughs) I guess guess that's what I hedged my bets on. Uh, Probably should have bought Wave Race, but um, I really loved Mortal Kombat. So, but yeah, like. That's fair. (laughs) Pretty sweet. Um, But uh, yeah, like, I. So I would just rent games. And, you know, I remember renting like Wayne Gretzky 3D hockey, and I had no idea what like hockey was. Like, really, I'd never like watched it on TV or played it or anything. But I was like, "Whoa, this is like a super fun game. And then I rented this and I, and I remember renting Wingretzky Hockey and I was like, man, I wish I could buy this game. And then I rented in USA and I'm like, I'm fine returning this game when I'm done with no. it after <laughs> the after the two days. Like, I don't it was cool. It was fine. But I didn't really feel compelled to play it again.
0: For sure, yeah, you mentioned like the you know the home version of these arcade ones, and I think we we were talking about this with the uh, killer Instinct gold. I feel like it got some criticism for not fully capturing the arc like the arcade version, mm-hmm. um but I still felt like it was pretty good, but mm-hmm. I think the gap in quality between this game and the arcade version of Cru cruising USA is like much steeper like to the point where like like when we were playing in in multi it wasn't too bad when we were playing in like single player but when we were playing in multiplayer it was like like Chugging. the frame rate was horrible <laughs> <laughs> yeah um i don't know i still like maybe it's just nostalgia cuz i did we did have this one like but mm-hmm. i just there is something charming about it and it's simple you mm-hmm. know what i mean mm-hmm. but it's yeah it's definitely like really janky with a lot of players
3: yeah i i I remember us having this one um i what i appreciate about the game um for me personally is a lot of the sound effects that happens uh when either you accidentally yeah screaming going off road (laughs) um the crashes uh there's a lot of funky sounds going on that i i that connect to
0: me some good sounds but like yeah even the (laughs) even the music like we're we're listening to the arcade version versus n64 music Mm -hmm. and some of the n64 music is so like it's it's all right but it's kind of it's a little like lifeless i would say
3: i i I will say um i i'm not too much of like a a racing game genre person uh Mm -hmm. But most of the the racing games I've played, I've enjoyed them because I played them in like an arcade or something.
4: Yeah,
0: Mackenzie, you're saying that yeah. that's big for the,
2: you. Whenever I go to an arcade, I I like to play the the racing games, just like or or stuff where you know the controls are different. Like you know, you get to shoot mm-hmm. with a, a fake gun or that like firefighter game we played but yeah it's fun to just like brave firefighters the push steering down on the wheel, brake, and sometimes it, you're in a like vehicle that moves
3: it really adds a lot to it the the yeah. feel of the steering wheel
2: yeah <laughs> they should have kept the uh the wii wheel
3: yeah that's, <laughs> that's, that's a sad Kart. thing we yeah lost.
1: <laughs> In in my office here, I'm just gonna move this around. I have Ooh. sorry for my closet, but <laughs> um, I, ha- I have a I have a Ridge Racer arcade one-up cabinet, and it's oh, for awesome. the same reason. Like I have you know I have the Ridge Racer games on PlayStation and the N64 one, um, but there is something like about like that tactile feel of the steering wheel, and yeah, I think like like McKenna was saying, like when you go to the arcade. Like, you kind of want it to be a little special and different than, like... Oh, yeah. I, than, like, I could just do this at home if you have, like, a joystick or whatever
4: mm-hmm. kind of thing.
0: I feel like I don't see Cruisin' USA out as much anymore when mm-hmm. I go to places. And we were trying to find it. We went to a couple arcades in our area, and we usually only see Cruisin' World or Cruisin' mm-hmm. Exotica. But I, I was trying to get the uh, the original arcade experience. Uh, I...
3: I think a an arcade nearby uh, where I am actually had a Cruisin' USA in it because um, I, you I remember. You have to go report on that. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll give a uh, field report. Thank you. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, like in this game, so McKenna mentioned like there are all the like unlockable cars and things like that. But we we went through, we did, we cruised the whole USA together. Um and got to the end and you get a car and I didn't really feel like it was like try again to get another car but I I was like I'm good I think we unlocked all the horses you know if we want to do a race mm-hmm. we can do go do it but it, it 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 was fun to me to return to and I could probably do a race every once in a while mm-hmm. but yeah it's not one where I'm like I gotta I gotta unlock everything you know
2: yeah I'd the- probably like to do some of the bonus ones like there's a school bus there's a police car mm-hmm. and there's a jeep and you know i, I imagine the the bus feels pretty different <laughs> you know, <laughs> especially on some of the courses with some tight turns i don't know how that yeah works. how does that all how
0: work? how that works <laughs> driving a bus through that chicago course <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's, it's, i i do love and that reminds me in a lot of courses um they have like the underpass or like like a tunnel and it'll be like a long part of the course and I feel like it's just kind of getting around like actually having to like make a background or anything <laughs> but but like the Chicago one does kind of feel like oh yeah there's like tunnels like this in Chicago and I'm sure mm-hmm. like the tunnel in LA there's probably a tunnel like that but they always last so long and I'm like wow I really feel like I'm seeing all the sights here. <laughs> Because that is some of the so, supposed to be some of the appeal of the game, right? Is like mm-hmm. all the different courses at, like across the USA, and and there is some like standout ones. I feel like the the redwood level is pretty mm-hmm. cool, the mm-hmm. driving through the trees. But a lot of the levels are they don't fully really capture the area they're going for. I don't know if that's different in the arcade version or not. If they just didn't, I don't know. When I think of playing, like, Cruisin' World, it, mm-hmm. those levels stand out to me. I feel like the Cruisin' series goes... It starts to go places. <laughs> mm-hmm. We, uh... We meant to pick up, actually, and and I saw there were, like, physical cabinets for it, but we couldn't find, uh, Cruisin' Blast out there mm-hmm. either. Mm. But, but, Ryan, you said that that was a pretty fun game.
1: Yeah, yeah, I have it on Switch, and, uh, it's... It's ridiculous um it is really bonkers um but and it's it's like not a beautiful game um really uh but it's it's a lot of fun um for the same reasons like the cruising games are fun and uh yeah it's just a a really ridiculous um racing game which they don't really make games like that very much anymore So
0: yeah I remember when that came out. It was like a lot of people were just like excited to play a goofy racing game again <laughs> and that that does appeal to me as a as a cruising fan, even though mm-hmm. now some of the some of the rose tint is gone <laughs> a little bit. <laughs>
3: I think one of the most terrifying parts about that game is how everyone is standing at the end of the finish line. <laughs> you and, just kind and of drive the car, into them. The car is like speeding towards the end <laughs> and it just freeze frame, <laughs> freeze frames right as you make it to the end. I want to know the the aftermath of <laughs> what happens there. They oh no. It
1: censored that out. Well, well if you if you win if you win the race, the giant woman with the trophy stops your car. She's there to protect
3: she's, yeah. like, okay. she's protecting but the that, people.
0: Yeah, that mm-hmm. gives me some comfort. Yeah, there was there was like censorship though. We noticed yeah. uh okay. I I noticed, like, this should be a bikini lady giving me the trophy. I'm pretty sure that Mm. was one of the things that was different. And then, McKenna, you found some other stuff too, right?
2: Yeah, I always like to look at the Wikipedia pages Mm -hmm. for these games. And it says that in the Nintendo 64 version, um, they censored, they took out running over animals. And uh, I guess we should probably go see what it looks like in the arcade version, but bill and hillary clinton are in it and they took that out of the nintendo 64 Mm, version
3: i see yeah
0: (laughs) no politics for sure they probably don't want and then that seems like a isn't that a move miyamoto always like (laughs) like going to other devs and be like take the killing out of the game
3: (laughs) (laughs) where was
0: bill clinton in nba jam I think, I think like playable, right? I think, yeah. Clinton, what? Yeah, I'm pretty sure.
1: That must have just been like a midway thing. Where, yeah, they were just super, super into putting Bill Clinton in games.
0: They were, they were doing satire. (laughs) (laughs) Um, let's see. Any, does anything else, um, Really, that anyone want to say about cruising USA before we move on? I think you know. I think it was like a fun game to revisit, but it was, it was definitely you know a bit wonky <laughs> for sure.
3: Yeah, it's it's a a pretty simple but but kind of wacky game.
2: It's got the different uh, camera angles that y- mm-hmm. I was reading the Nintendo Power because we also check out the Nintendo Power. We have been keeping and, up
0: with that. Yeah, they, good, uh, good call.
2: Gives a lot of strategy stuff for the courses, and it actually mentions changing the camera angle as a strategy for getting ahead in these courses
0: which is interesting I don't know if that's actually helpful
2: yeah i don't i, I usually just think of it as like a a preference thing, but there's then mm-hmm. in, in the Nintendo Power they're like, oh, if you uh you know go farther out here, it might help you in this race."
3: I did not even remember you could change the camera angle, so this is news to me.
0: <laughs> there you go. I remember they go like in the car, but mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. I don't know.
1: Yeah, I'm I'm a big fan of playing racing games in first person perspective. Um, it just works better for me. And um, just a side note, I was um, posting like some Gran Turismo, the original Gran Turismo footage on my. Twitter account and there was this guy who was like, "When are you gonna start posting racing games in third person?" And I was like, "Wow, I'm
0: sorry. (laughs) Whoa, (laughs)
4: okay,
3: it's a little a little spicy."
0: Yeah, yeah. So I, I wanted to talk about your podcast actually, but I did. That's like I have a question then. So people like are making demands for specific screenshots, basically. People
1: make a lot of demands. Yes. Wow. (laughs) Um, Yeah. Um, Fun times. But um, (laughs) back to, like, the game itself. Um, There is, I think there is a lot to like about this game. I do think it's, like, charming as, like, a time capsule sort of way. Like, again, as we've kind of mentioned, like, no one's making games like this anymore. Except, like, Cruisin' Blast. Um, Mm. And you know, I think there's something to be said for that, but also um, something that does rule about this game, specifically the N64 version, is there is a button to change the music. Like, there's just a music button that you can change the song, like, at any point in the race, which I think is nice, because, like, on some of, like, the longer races, the, uh, there really isn't, like, one song that doesn't get annoying in it mm-hmm. so like they i i feel like i really like how much variety in like musical genres there is in this yeah, game like, like surf rock <laughs> yeah and like bluegrass and like you know i mean you compare it to something you know like Wipeout, which is like no we are only doing like the coolest club kid techno like right, of the right. era and you know like and I mean that's also what makes Wipeout great. But I think there is something to be said for, you know, um games that just are like we're we're going to give, you know, a little a little bit of something for everyone here.
0: Yeah, they are. It is like trying to because it's cruising USA, so it's trying to provide all kinds of variety. Yeah. And like half the courses right. are in California, I think. <laughs> <laughs> um is there is there a song that because there are some good songs i really think the best song in in the whole game is when uh you after a race and you're putting your initials on on Mm. the license plate which i think is Mm. awesome that's the best part about just the that whole thing is the best part about the game both the visual Mm -hmm. and then that song that plays i think is so good and i think it's above really a lot of I think there are some some of them that on the arcade ones like go back to like oh i really like them but just their n64 versions don't do it for me but that one works on both versions from every time i'm like yeah mm-hmm. let's get into i think the big one of the time uh, mckenna do you want to intro us for shadows of the empire
2: star wars shadows of the empire is a third person shooter in which you play as dash rendar a mercenary and smuggler not unlike Han Solo in occupation and personality. In addition to the third-person shooter elements, there are levels where you'll take control of, of various vehicles, such as swoop bikes on Tatooine, and a starship that heavily resembles the Millennium Falcon. The game is part of a multimedia project featuring a graphic novel and a comic series, and takes place between Empire Strikes Back and Return of the Jedi.
0: Ryan. One thing I really liked on uh, the Blockade Runner podcast, you guys had multiple episodes where you covered just Star Wars in the 90s. Mm-hmm. Um, do you want to give us some insight, like, I guess up till this point, what I guess Star Wars in the 90s was like, be- maybe being a fan or the just how the franchise was as a whole?
1: Yeah, I mean, the... So, you know... As everyone knows, like there were, you know, the th- the three films, and then Return of the Jedi came out in 1983, and then there was like like a droids cartoon and like some live action Ewok stuff, but like the the brand kind of like fizzled. And which is weird thinking about like now, because like you, you can't really imagine like you, you a world without <laughs> without Star Wars, whether you want to or not. It is there. Um and so yeah, the it's referred to by like the the elder fan base as like the dark times. Um and then that kind of like changed um in the the early nineties was when like the shift started to happen because, um, Timothy Zahn wrote a trilogy of books. Um, the, uh, I always call them the heir to the empire trilogy, but I think there's another name for them.
0: Right. That's like the first book is called that, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And,
1: um, but the Thrawn trilogy, I guess people also refer to it as, um, but, uh, and then with that, it kind of, like, opened the gates a little bit to, like, some licensing stuff. So then, like, Dark Horse Comics started making Star Wars comics. And then there were, like, trading cards. And then, weirdly, the thing that got me into Star Wars was the uh, the action figures. Um, okay, right So on. in, like, the mid-90s, um, Kenner was like, we're just gonna make old Star Wars figures again, which is, like... I think it was a pretty weird thing at that time, because, like, I mean, you go to, like, a Target now, and, like, the entire, like, boys' toy aisle is all, like, stuff for, like, 40-year-old dudes. It's all, like, it's like He-Man and Star Wars and Transformers and Ninja Turtles. Every single
0: one now, they make the box art look like, you know, retro and stuff, too. And I yeah. was like, oh, but then I look at it, too. And I'm like, man, this is kind of this looks kind of sick. <laughs> well, yeah, I'm I'm like super guilty of it. Like I, <laughs> I like have a, a box of like
1: recent Ninja Turtles figures in my basement. I'm like, I don't know oh, why yeah. I bought these, but I did. Um, But yeah, so then like those figures came out and I was really into comics. So I was reading uh, Wizard Magazine, if you're familiar with that. Um, but they covered, like, comics and toys and, like, anime when, like, anime, like, wasn't even a thing here. And, uh, and yeah, like, and so they, they would always, like, make, like, Star Wars references and stuff. And I, like, hadn't seen the movies because they weren't, like, really readily available. You could, like, rent them on VHS, but that was, like, it. And they were just kind of, like, in a, in, like, a sea of other movies. And I don't know. still
0: before those special editions, too yes right yeah
1: so but i was like man these figures are cool and like i had like i had gotten into figures because of bond and uh like oh, the yeah. todd, todd McFarlane figures and stuff and i was like wow these characters are cool like i should you know i should actually like watch star wars and um uh, and so i did and then uh i loved it and then they like shortly after that they you know release like the thx vhs which were like super accessible um you could just buy them anywhere and then they did the special editions in the theater uh which i went to um you have the you have the poster behind you for the the return the jedi one (laughs) um and uh yeah so like i was like by the time shadows of the empire rolled around like i was like star wars was super fresh and i was really into it so you were already so, full-on so, like, into perfect it. perfect timing
0: did yeah. you play to like the previous uh star wars uh video games like the super star wars games and stuff like that at the time
1: i had rented super star wars and then i remember like reading about uh super empire strikes back and return of the jedi mm. in like nintendo power but i I didn't play those until years years later when I rebought a Super Nintendo after selling mine to get in okay sixty four. But um, yeah, and then I had uh, we had like we had just gotten a PC, and so and it came with like a bunch of demo discs and stuff. So I'd played Dark Forces
0: as well. Oh yes, that was that was like the PC one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's cool. So this was probably like the one of the first big. Star Wars games for you. Yeah, like right at and, the right time. That's cool.
1: Yeah, and it felt like an event. Like it felt like a like a like a movie release because this was like, you know, they're like the books and the comics are cool and stuff, but this was like a big, This was like big Star Wars. So for and there sure, were like, there was like a figure line and trading cards and everything.
0: I think Mike, Michael, and McKenna like you didn't play this one until. Much later, you just played this for the first time, McKenna. Correct? Yeah, right. And, and Michael, you you did you pick this up um, on the PC version, right?
3: Well, I, I remember specifically that very first level, uh, playing it as a kid multiple multiple times, um, and I thought it was weird that I only remembered that first level. Uh, and then when I picked it up for PC, I I, I learned why, and it's because <laughs> that game is is beyond uh (laughs) an impossible difficulty
0: how far did you get i i okay well so did my tips help you i feel like i gave you yeah your your
3: tips did help me um i i i overcame and i beat that first level i made it uh to the second level and i got to this at walker uh, boss, and uh, I, I that's that's pretty much where my progress ended.
0: For sure. I mean, I th- I felt like what ended up helping me a lot was, uh, just re- actually reading the manual. <laughs> like there was levels <laughs> I was struggling with, and then I like yeah. checked the manual. and I was like, oh, I didn't know about like this button. I think it was the aiming, like to aim slightly better. And it made yeah. some. It, I I was specifically fighting Boba Fett, and it made it go from like impossibly difficult to like a piece of cake, where I was just kind of like running around and shooting it in the back and just running around it <laughs> repeatedly. Yeah, circle yeah. Circle
3: strafe. I I I wish I had more time to to. That's all right. That's okay. <laughs> get into it, but
0: but I appreciate I mean, I, the attempt.
3: Yeah, I I enjoyed what I I. Uh, parts of of what I did play um I specifically in that first level I I remember it so much because uh I really like the the harpoon idea where you wrap the wire around the legs um I I I I broke that wire a lot but the mm-hmm. the concept is is fun
0: Yeah I think that seems to be one thing that's like people unanimously like is is that first level, that hoth level, <laughs> where yeah. I think they eventually were like, let's make a game like this, uh, pretty much, mm-hmm. which we'll we'll get to later. Um, in in nineteen ninety eight, you will <laughs> if we if we can survive nineteen ninety seven. <laughs> uh, McKenna, what was your yeah, what was your initial like feelings of the game?
2: Uh, I liked doing a lot of the vehicle stuff. That was kind of. I did most of the vehicle stuff. You did most of the running around as dash stuff. I um, loved running around. I I think my favorite level was probably the swoop bike level. You just you're just speeding or you're going so fast in that thing, <laughs> and you just gotta like drive into uh the swoop gang and knock them. You know they blow up when you knock into them, right? <laughs>
0: Yeah, it's pretty sweet. There's such a variety of cool vehicles, uh, both in this game. But that level made me think just on Tatooine. There's all kinds of crazy ve- vehicular, uh, things going on there that makes me think they there could just be like a Tatooine racing game.
3: I was really sad when in that second level I freed uh some Yeti friends from a cell. Uh, And I thought we were gonna storm the whole base together, and then they started fighting me and each other.
0: Oof! Yeah, he turned on you. Yeah. So this this whole game too. So uh, Ryan, you kind of mentioned it. It was it was a whole multimedia project, which I think is kind of a unique. I mean, it's not. To, it's not like unheard of to like release other promotional things alongside but mm-hmm. just looking into all the things that came out with this you had a comic you had a book uh we were just looking at like trading cards and stuff like that mm-hmm. and it yeah I, are there other things that i'm not thinking of too Pretty there massive.
1: was a, a soundtrack oh, um, like yeah a,
0: sure oh yeah that
1: that was uh re- re-released on vinyl a couple of years ago that's awesome um, yeah <laughs> um yeah but uh i mean it was, it was a lot of stuff
0: yeah for what, sure. um what do you think about like the uh bridging the story between empire and jedi what what, what do you think about what they attempt like what they're going for here
1: I mean, it was it was really cool and exciting at the time. I think, like, for, for me, like, kind of coming into Star Wars as, like, you know, kind of after the fact, like, it was, you know, like, a decade, oh, like, over a decade after Return of the Jedi released,
0: mm-hmm. when
1: I, like, first really watched the movies, like, in full and got into them, so... I've never had the, you know, I think with, like, some older fans, there's, like, a preciousness to the original trilogy where, um, you know, people get mad about, like, literally anything that, um, you know, maybe contradicts something or, like... Sure. ...whatever else. (laughs) Um, But, uh, so, for me, it was just, like, in you know, I think there's, like, around everything now, uh, there's just all the, the talk about, like, what is canon, what's not, um, with, like, every property now, and, you know, I I didn't have any of that, and it was just, like, this is this is cool, more Star Wars, like, and I just kind of, like, took it as, like, a fact, like, oh, this is what happened between <laughs> between those movies, and, like, To me like it didn't seem like revisionist or anything um i could buy it yeah yeah and it was just (laughs) like it it felt like again it was like it it felt like new big star wars like for me it was like the equivalent of like a new film
0: oh for sure you said especially because you were you're like a big comic reader right so Mm -hmm. that comic Mm -hmm. probably was that at the time like pretty big for you too I didn't actually read the comic until
1: later um but I did read the the novelization.
0: Okay, sweet. Um mm-hmm. what do you think of it? McK- McKenna and I we listened to like an audiobook of it mm-hmm. uh, on like a drive essentially and and flying but it was like a uh it w- what do you call it, a bridge. So I feel like I feel like we got enough to like know the story but it 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 definitely felt like Oh, I bet if this had more like context and detail, it would be a little bit more interesting. But what did you think about the novelization or the 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 book version?
1: Are you asking me? Yes. Sorry. Okay. <laughs> um. No, I mean, I thought I thought it was a lot of fun. I still do. Like it. It's one of those things where you know there was like a a time where. <laughs> I I think, like, as as a teenager, like, when I started, like, making friends with people who were, like, into Star Wars, like, we liked it because we thought it was good, but it also, like, wasn't a thing that, like, we felt like we had to take very seriously. And I think, you know, like, obviously, like, I'm on a, I've been on a Star Wars podcast for, like, almost a decade now, and we, like, try to get, like, pretty critical and, like... I feel like now I'm, like, grumpy about a lot of Star Wars, like, new Star Mm -hmm. Wars stuff, and, like, and it's kind of sad, like, I don't, because I just, I remember, like, thinking back to it, and, like, there's a lot of really dumb stuff in Shadows of the Empire, like, Dash Rendar is, like, adorable, (laughs) like, he's so lame, but in, like, but in, like, a really, like, 90s way, that's, like, really endearing, too, and, like, there's stuff with like shizor and like the pheromones the pherom- and, like <laughs> all that it's like what even is this like you know and we're still like a few years out from people having like meltdowns about like midi chlorians and stuff in the prequels sure, and yeah. like but i felt like this this takes me back to a time where we could be like this is just silly and dumb and we're going to like quote it and like make fun of it but we also like really love it and it's fine
0: i yeah i do like like that imperfect. so yeah Yeah, i don't know i
1: i love this era yeah
0: it's there's almost like everyone's so self-conscious about it all now and like Mm -hmm. everything every we gotta argue about (laughs) that's part of the reason that i kind of get grumpy about uh some new star wars stuff too and and I'm i'm like a hater on some of it but the big thing is Mm -hmm. like it's just annoying that it's like certain ones that i even certain stuff that i like has just been argued about so much and i'm like i don't even want to think about it anymore. Yes. <laughs> yeah. so uh, tired. <laughs> yeah, so sorry McKenna. What was what was your impression of the story and everything? Cuz we went through all that stuff together. Um
2: yeah, it, it just kind of felt like sort of a back and forth between the game and the novel, and it, I don't know if like you said, maybe we should have been reading it like after we played a level, or before we played a level, because it might have <laughs> felt like a, wait, someone like needs a, to write an article continuity, like a uh, yeah, the uh, <laughs> how, how to uh, read slash play what, what's the uh, chronological order um,
0: even yes, the comic uh, was like that too but then there would be, there was like all the stuff about Boba Fett in the comic that wasn't in Right. Uh, At least the version of the book we got, and and in the game, really, you just kind of fight them. But in there, there's this whole extra storyline. Yeah, I like.
2: I like that we got like a little more Leia stuff. Always like when we get that. Although, as soon as I heard about the pheromones, I was like,
4: (laughs) you know, I
2: see where this is going. (laughs) And then that happened. (laughs) Uh, should we explain the? We haven't really
0: explained the. pheromones. Yeah, Michael, do you know about the pheromones?
3: <laughs> uh You know, I'm just, I'm just enjoying whatever's going on about this out of context.
0: <laughs> McKenna, M- try to explain the the pheromones. Well, it's so, not hard to explain. So so she's or
2: is like this alien dude that he's emits the bad guy. Pheromones mm-hmm. that attract people to him
3: and yeah. uh, was he the guy that looked at me hundreds of times every time. <laughs> oh I- yes, <laughs> that, <that's> yeah. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, after I kept getting those game overs.
0: Yeah. You, you surprisingly, you don't really like encounter him too much in the game. Yeah. And I f- I feel like in all the things you read too, like the end of his story was also a little kind of lackluster. I felt like there was gonna be yeah, like a big just, encounter yeah. with him and it was like there was like a standoff where they're like we got a bomb don't don't as, kill us as, so we far,
3: as far as that story goes uh for me is that dash rendar went to hoth knocked down some <laughs> empire machines and then landed and hung out with yetis and, and, and that's where he is for the rest of his life
1: he's living as one with the wampas yes. <laughs> his big, exactly. his big yeah
0: his yeah. big shoulder pads but kinda how about how about the characterization of Dash Render?
4: Um
2: <laughs> Yeah, he's he's just uh he's in it for the money, but he wants to earn his money. He's That's always fair. like I gotta do the I gotta yeah, I'm in. I gotta, you know, earn it.
0: But yeah. he's also like That's kind of the extent of it, I guess. Yeah. <laughs>
2: I, I don't wanna be attached to this, you know, Han mm. Solo at the uh you know, before uh, this the second two movies. Sort of end of New Hope before he changes his it mind.
0: It was definitely like, yeah, people want to play as like a Han Solo kind of guy. It feels, mm-hmm. everything about his character, I feel like when he shows up, feels like he exists for the video game. <laughs> you know, even in the book. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. And when you see him in the comic with his big <laughs> shoulder, I'm like, yeah, this just looks <laughs> yeah. like a video game character came into this. And you're like, it's Han Solo type, but he can't be Han Solo. But uh, yeah, I don't know, there was, like, any time I would be like, God, this guy, I would look at, you know, some concept art of him and be like, man, he's awesome.
1: Yeah, (laughs) it's just... Yeah, like, he's totally, like, a Poochie-type character. (laughs) Yeah, yep. Like, he's just, I mean, he's, like, so, like, like, (laughs) focus-tested, or, like, the, like, platonic ideal of like what people thought Star Wars fans wanted in the 90s which turns out it kind of was like cuz i mm-hmm. you know i really i, I really like that character um, on like an aesthetic level but you know as you've both alluded to like he's pretty paper thin as a character like he's mm-hmm. just he's just han solo in a new hope before the death star
0: <laughs> which i think that that works for a video game because it's just like yeah. you're just a guy running around shooting guys you know it's mm-hmm. like there isn't really like and then at the end even in the in the uh secret or good ending you know he's just like yeah we're screwing off you know and that's just kind of like i guess that's kind of how i feel about you know playing the, the video game is just like yep i'm going in there shooting guys you know it's not about what type of emotional arc mm-hmm. dash goes on you know just some <clears> guy's <throat> got to go down <laughs> i did think uh shizor actually there's like some interesting stuff mm-hmm. to like the the black sun thing mm-hmm. he's got he, and it's a funny thing in the book I, I i know i kept noticing they'd be like he's the third most powerful person <laughs> in the galaxy or whatever <laughs> Which is... He's slightly poochy, too, a little bit. Yeah. Because he has to disappear. But there was an interesting element to that, how he, like... Just just the idea, that storyline of, like, they've got a hit out on Luke Skywalker. You know, so there's, like, different elements at play as mm-hmm. opposed to... I, I think in... Someone I said read in the development, they were, like, comparing it... They wanted to be, like, Godfather or something. You know? They, mm-hmm. <laughs> they wanted to be, like, kind of complex. And I guess it only is... or it is in the fact that there's like you know there's it's more than just like the good guys and the bad guys you know there's i guess all these um shenanigans going on behind the scene i thought that made for some interesting tension between the characters and even in the comic with they had boba fett and he had like all the other bounty hunters trying to like step in on his bounty you know so it Mm -hmm. i don't know there's it was kind of interesting Yeah,
1: and I mean we we see a lot of shades of this story in modern Star Wars storytelling because, like, you know, there is like a little bit of this kind of stuff in like Book of Boba Fett, and, um, you know, there is just uh, like a comics series from Marvel, like War of the Bounty Hunters, and, um, you know, they do, I don't know, kind of tell stories that are like sort of similar to this and you know i think like one of the maybe like gripes about a lot of modern star wars storytelling is it does feel like it's just like engineered to like fill in the gaps um you know within like the original trilogy and like the prequels and now the sequel trilogy and like like you know, the story's, like, it's kind of, like, stalled out, and it's not, like, moving forward, like, post-sequel trilogy um at the moment. And, uh you know, but I think at the time, like, a story like this was a pretty novel idea.
0: Yeah, yeah. It's, like, if they, this is something, and maybe it's just... Yeah, because I'm grumpy. Like, if they announced something like this now, I'd be like, come on. You know, seriously.
4: <laughs> <laughs>
0: but yeah, at the time... Well, McKenna and, and and Michael as well, do you remember much about uh, a pre-prequels Star Wars time? <laughs> do you have it... any memory of that? You're a little younger, I guess.
3: Yeah, I I... Not really. I just... I mostly <laughs> just remember prequels were what was going on during my childhood. Sure. I'm pretty mm-hmm. sure.
2: Yeah, same. I, I think uh, the first one came out before I can remember, and then, <laughs> I, but I do remember Attack of the Clones coming out. Or, or yeah, and yeah, the last, I, the last second
0: two.
3: Yeah, what year did that first one come out?
0: Ninety nine, I believe.
3: Ninety nine. Okay, so I, I guess, I guess Star Wars wasn't majorly like I, I watched the because we had the originals on VHS, um, mm-hmm. and I so I watched a, a ton of those, and I, I don't quite recall the times that um, Episode one and two came out in theaters, but I remember. I remember seeing episode three in theaters, and that being a whole uh, big mm-hmm. event. Mm-hmm.
0: That's almost like a a cultural marker. It's like a generational marker. Yeah. For... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Do you remember the dark times or whatever? <laughs> <laughs> I I don't I don't have yeah I didn't have that. Well, I guess you were saying you didn't experience that much either, yeah. Ryan, because you were young you were younger too at the time but i i was similar like phantom menace came out when i was nine so like Mm -hmm. um like star wars like it was you know loved it as a kid and just because it was everyone loved it it was cool you Mm -hmm. know um and it was just one of those things that just like a lot of things before i was born just like always existed you know Mm -hmm. like i couldn't imagine that a time before that so it was just like you know watching the movies stuff like that and i never really thought about like when is the next star wars coming mm-hmm. out but then when i guess around the time when i was like nine and phantom menace came out then it, it felt like i remember thinking like oh this is so cool but that yeah that probably wasn't until like that age so like i had other star wars stuff as a kid like i remember we had on game boy like empire strikes back or something Mm -hmm. like that Mm -hmm. oh
3: yeah it was like a, it was like a a top down and sometimes you'd go into like these other like i remember uh, being
0: in like a cave yeah a cave
3: specifically i'm dripping down on
0: you and hitting (laughs) you mm -hmm, mm -hmm. but yeah so i don't i didn't play this game at the time and i i don't have much of a yeah like pre-99 like you know, I, I didn't have much of that feeling of, like, what's coming next, you know? And then, by the honestly, by the time, this is jumping way ahead, but by the time the prequels ended, like, I think a lot of people's opinion on them started to go sour, and I, I was just turning, like, a, like, I was just getting to the age where I felt like it wasn't cool to like it. <laughs> so, like, Star Wars, like, existed, like, as a big thing for me, in just, <laughs> like, a really small period of time. Mm-hmm. Like, I wasn't ever, like, you know, like I wasn't ever like ride or die for Star Wars. I guess, I I was I was like very self conscious when I turned like fifteen. I Was like, oh,
4: that's not cool.
0: <laughs> but I mean, yeah, I've come back around. Yeah, I was wearing
1: like Darth Maul, like oversized Darth Maul, like poncho T-shirts to like high school. That's um badass. in this time period, so uh, I had no shame or self-conscious uh, i remember
3: uh we had a, a darth vader helmet with like buttons for noises or at least i had oh, one yeah
0: yeah <laughs> That's a, that was a wow. cool toy yeah definitely had like some of the toys and stuff like that once mm-hmm. once those movies mm-hmm. hit it hit it big <laughs> um but yeah the, i mean this game was fun to, i i had some memories of of like playing it at a friend's or whatever and it was it was fun to revisit. We got through the whole game on on easy together. Mm-hmm. Um, Only way to play it. Y- yeah, I was like <laughs> I felt like after after I did it, <clears throat> I was like, this isn't so this isn't so bad. I could probably do it on normal, <laughs> but it was like mm. beat it on normal and get all the challenge coins for the good ending, and I was like, I'm, I'm probably don't need to do that. I'm like, oh, okay. well, we can Bye. just YouTube it.
3: I actually had started playing it on normal and I I I, I had to I had just to turn it, it down.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> there's the, yeah, the the train gave us some trouble and then <laughs> at the very end of it there's a whole battle with uh IG eighty eight which was actually that was another one that was like, Oh, this is a big pain and then once we figured out mm-hmm. the like specific strategy it was like really easy. It was just like running around a tank. Like facing backwards and just pick, you know picking <laughs> him off slowly <laughs> was not very exciting, but I, I felt amazing when I beat it. I felt like I'm a god a gamer. I beat this boss on easy mode.
2: <laughs> yeah, and that I, uh, that purple attack thing. Oh my god, whatever that is, that is just drains your health. Yeah, it's like a hundred to zero in seconds. Mm.
0: And, the yeah, the running around was sometimes tricky. It felt like, I don't know, a little slippery sometimes or something. <laughs> um, like, McKenna, you, you you called it a third-person shooter, but it's like we're in the time period where really, like, that's even coming together as, like, a like a known... It's not really, like, a genre even at the time, mm-hmm. you know? So they're still, mm-hmm. like... I feel like they're still figuring out, like, wa- running around in 3D like Tomb Raider just Running came out
2: around and and camera stuff
0: The camera yeah, ones moving. weird in this, right? Isn't there weird camera options? Uh yeah, you can change the view. There's like a like uh, a fourth person camera or something. It's like one. a
1: cinematic version.
0: <laughs> where I felt like I, it was like playing Resident Evil.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> where like the the background just stays static and like you just like run around and if you're trying that on the on a level with cliffs
0: you're going to run right off we definitely ran off a lot of cliffs mm-hmm. um, I th- the jumping I found... is wild like you just <laughs> yes. like
1: you jump up into the air and you just kind of like float around and you can like change direction a ton like it's so weird
0: i love too that they were like they were like yeah this this jumping isn't tricky enough on that train level they're like let's add in like moving train physics to it (laughs) which i feel like was a bold move i kind of appreciated that they were they went for it but
1: it's more of like a a timing thing than a platforming thing like yes like as soon as those things are like okay it's getting closer closer jump and then like slowly like float over it
0: once yeah once the levels like start to introduce like the jetpack though I felt hmm. pretty good. I was like, okay, pretty like, cool. are, yeah. Our
2: pilot wings playing, uh, trained us for oh, it.
0: Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that, and, like, some of the, I remember doing, like, the gyrocopter levels in pilot wings where you have to, like, shoot stuff, and I remember thinking, like, <laughs> yeah, they should, this is, like, felt like a tech demo, almost, for, like, a game, and this game has, like, a little bit of, I don't know, it's actually kind of a diverse game. There's, like, Mm-hmm. In the manual, there's just, like, mm-hmm. full separate controls for, like, now you're on the swoop bike, now you're in, flying around, now you're flying around on, like, rails or whatever. Like, it's kind of uh, crazy, all the different things they're going for in this game.
4: Mm-hmm.
0: Something I would
1: recommend, um, a, some friends of ours, on um, friends of our Star Wars podcast, um, they have a podcast called Force Material, and they did an episode that um where they interviewed someone who I think the director of this game and oh, kind cool. of got some of like his like thought process around like like why did you go so hard with like all of these <laughs> ideas and he and I mean, he basically is like it was a it was a terrible idea, like we shouldn't have tried to like integrate like all those um different like genres of gameplay in there but like we wanted to make a Star Wars game that felt like a Star Wars movie and Star Wars movies have all of these different things sure. in them um but he was like yeah like we made a much better game when we made Star Wars Episode 1 Racer which was just like focused on like one thing um so yeah I highly I haven't listened to it in like it was they released it a few years ago but I remember really really enjoying that conversation
0: yeah that sounds that sounds good uh i i can agree with that though like there is there is almost something to even though like not one experience is like super tight there is something and and we even Mm -hmm. had fun with it mckenna and i because like like uh, like she said like the ship levels she preferred to do and i i like running around Mm -hmm. so it's kind of like Mm -hmm. kind of a good pass-and-play game between the yeah. two of us. for It's a very specific circumstance, but I enjoyed it.
1: <laughs> There's probably one video game genre you like in this game. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly.
0: <laughs> Which is kind of good if you beat it, like, you can go back and play specific levels mm-hmm. and try to beat them on harder. Th- that was cool. I feel like it does encourage replayability, even though I said, like, oh, we're, we're good, we're good, you know, I... Mm-hmm. I could see, like, well, actually, our friend uh, Paul said, like, he went back and would go, you know, for the harder challenges mm-hmm. on the levels and stuff like that, so if you're, like, a really big fan of this, I feel like this has a significant amount of, like, replay value, which is cool.
4: Yeah,
1: yeah, like, if if this was your one Nintendo 64 game besides <laughs> Mario, like, you could get a lot of playtime out of it, because I actually, I think the the challenge points are pretty inspired, And Mm -hmm, those are actually, like, kind of fun to, um, like, kind of shoot for um, in the same way, like, some of, like, in, like, 120 stars in Mario 64 sort of way. Mm -hmm. Um, Like, if you, it's like, okay, you beat the game, but, like, (coughs) this is how you, like, really beat it. Um, So, I think, like, putting those in there does, like, add a lot to, like, the replayability.
0: We've played a couple games so far that kind of do that. Like Killer Instinct had that too. We're like, mm. oh you beat a I like that. That it's like you can kinda we, we got through pretty easy on like the very easy, but then they're like, you want an ending, like <laughs> try try to up the difficulty, and we went for it there. Get good. Yeah.
1: And <laughs> In Killer Instinct Gold, if I it's been years since I played that, but that gets like really hard. Like if I if I remember correctly.
4: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. It was pretty tough. The best thing about it though is that it's just unlimited continues, so mm. it, it was like easy to keep going compared to when we were we were doing Mortal Kombat and it's like mm. you die and it's like start over, you're like, ah <laughs> You only have so many credits or whatever.
4: Oh yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: Credits but with the K. The challenge points, I mean the game. Uh, especially in the, like the later running around levels i was doing like i really like the sewers and then like i think there was like Shizor's palace mm-hmm. where you, you're running around and it does once it's the gameplay started to click with me and especially those levels they were a little bit more they almost had like a zelda dungeon type thing mm-hmm. going to them where you'd have to like you know oh it, like the other levels were a bit more straightforward like these had like oh you need the key card so you had to like Mm -hmm. go off on a side path and find it isn't too complicated but it would reward you i think when you're going off and looking around like you'd find the challenge points or the extra lives or just more good ammo and stuff like that and it did feel like like it did reward exploration so i could Mm -hmm. definitely see like really if getting into the collectible element of the game um before we go yeah anybody else got any final words on shadows of the empire i
4: think like this game i don't know i don't think it's
1: you know it it reviewed okay at the time Mm -hmm. um but i do remember like it was this was kind of around this point was when like the the like blowback against the N64 started kind of happening. And... It did not take
0: long. <laughs> yeah, <would> <laughs> they
1: they had uh, three good three good months of <laughs> um, <laughs> critical and commercial success. Um, but yeah, and I I feel like it was a game that was like it's really really ambitious, and I think like especially for a licensed game. Um, but it like it's also kind of part of like a lineage of like ambitious Star Wars games. Cause like the, the super Star Wars trilogy on SNES are, they're like multi-genre games where there's like mode seven driving in them. And then there's like the like platformer action stuff and like branching paths and, Um, You know, I feel like those games kind of, like, punch above their weight a bit. Um, And, you know, and it's funny, like, we're still in, like, a time period where, like, this is, you know, what I would consider, like, a triple-A game um, of Mm. the era. And, you know, this was when those games were less risk-adverse. And I think... You know, there's something to be said for just, like, really just going super hard and, like, trying to do all this stuff and, like, not really pulling it off um, rather than just, like, you know, playing it safe, I guess. Because, like, this game was going to sell no matter what, like, because it was, you know, on a console that was selling well but had a limited library and it was Star Wars right as Star Wars was... You know starting to get hot again and yeah. so like they they could have played it a lot safer and like i mean i think we would see like some pretty safe star wars games around this time period like i think this game is like way more interesting than like masters of Terrace kasi on <laughs> playstation like which is just like we're just gonna make a fighting game and yeah you know like, this one, I don't know, they, they really went for it, and then, like, then, you know, there was, like, this lesson to be learned here, like, okay, maybe, you know, maybe rein it in a little bit, but then what's so funny is you flash forward a few years later, and on the GameCube, you know, they, they launched the system with um, Rogue Squadron 2, it's, like, a huge hit, and then, it's so funny, then they did that that sequel to Rogue Squadron two um rebel strike and it's like they they have like the really good like space shooter parts and then there's also these parts where you're like running around in third person as luke skywalker and you're like jumping all weird and it's like super janky (laughs) and like you know um and then that game like didn't didn't review as well um but it is like i don't know it is kind of funny how um that how that played out and i think there is just like a temptation when you're working with with star wars to like well there's there's all these aspects of the films like we we got to try to get like all of it mm-hmm. in there and uh you know it makes me wonder like about something like star wars outlaws which is you know it's coming like the
0: open world
1: one I yeah think. and like i <clears throat> i watched that like gameplay and it's like oh here's are like shooting like in like Gears of War or something but then like here you're jumping on a speeder bike and then you're going and talking to people in a town and then you're going up into space and it's like hey there I don't know how that game's gonna turn out um but like it it is kind of cool to see you know companies still being like yeah we could just make like a you know like a first person shooter or something or we could just make every video game genre <laughs> imaginable and just throw them into a pot and see what sticks like i don't
0: know yeah it seems like something they're always going to going to chase for sure yeah uh so no one learned anything from shadows of the empire <laughs> is what i'm saying and i'm glad well as long as cuz i'm guess i i don't know i guess i don't know um but i feel like this new one will probably do really well regardless of quality i think it'll well it depends but i feel like it'll probably do really well uh it's a big open world's big now right a lot of people love that it's star wars so i feel like as long as they make a lot of money they'll probably keep making them at least every once in a while
1: yeah yeah i mean it's i i feel like the past few years of star wars games since like you know, the EA had the license and stuff, had been, like, kind of safe, mm. Um and uh so I don't know, it is kind of cool to see Ubisoft, of all people, being like, yeah, we're just going buck on this, like, <laughs> we're, we're gonna, yeah, so, I don't know, I'm excited, but we'll see,
0: we'll see how it turns yeah. out. Um, Michael, you got beat up by this game, so I'm sure you don't have much more to add. (laughs) Uh,
3: yeah, uh, just, you know, shout out to my, my guy, Dash Rendar, living in the cold.
0: (laughs) Uh, McKenna, any, any, any final parting words for Shadows? Uh... Fun vehicles. <laughs> yes,
2: I thought it was fun. Uh, our, our... I don't. I,
0: I don't think I would have beat it on my own. Yeah, we were a team. That's how we've gotten through some of these is together, <laughs> yeah. you know. Which yeah. it was a it was a great experience. Um, I I had our, our previous guest Connor as said like you gotta you gotta be critical about some of these games, and I still haven't hit one that I like want to I want to be like mean about yet. I feel like I'm very forgiving of all these games so far. But this one, actually, I think is probably one of the best games that we've played mm-hmm. so far. It And I think you put it really well, right. And This is probably the biggest of this period of time. This launch window outside of Mario, obviously. Mm-hmm. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see if the the dark times are coming. Our next episode we have is another twofer. We're talking about NBA Hang Time, which I've never played. Mm-hmm. I've only played it's NBA good. Jam. Okay. Mm-hmm. And good. Yeah. Mario 64. Kart 64. Oh so, boy! Yeah. So we're still good. We're still yeah. cooking, right? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm.
2: Big, big one next time.
0: Yeah, honeymoon is almost over, though. <laughs> <Yeah>. Okay, okay. <laughs> <laughs> we'll we'll have to start tracking yeah. that tracking this. I liked your mm-hmm. rating scale that you posted a few weeks ago. I think where the only things that mattered were, uh, fun factor and vibes. Yes. Yeah. Uh, that's that's how I've I've started using that on Blue
1: Sky, because oh, I kind of started I, I, my account over, and that it's also like it's so hard for me to be critical of games from this era. Like, yes, because I just I just I just love old games, and I love you know everything is just like so weird and different in like the eighties and nineties that, and it's. Yeah, it's there's so much of like, wow, you really, you really tried. Yes. Yeah, going right. on. And it's like, man, I respect that for like, you know, these, like, these video games being made with like on consoles with like processors that like we have like better processors in like our microwaves and stuff now. <laughs> like it's, it's wild what people were able to like make during this time. So. Yeah, I I I don't think there is like a need to be <laughs> super critical. I don't think you ever have to have to worry about <laughs> that. There's there's plenty of people, um, um, you know, in other places who are mm. you know making their careers out of like dunking on this stuff. That's so, true. That's true. Like I that, I that exists for people who want it.
3: I think it's just good to. To try to vibe with things. <laughs> <laughs> to try to vibe,
0: yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. You mentioned your your account, uh, standard mm-hmm. definition gaming, um, and what you said, yeah. There's there is just a certain charm to that era. So I that that I don't know what I love. I just love that account. I know that you've uh, with Twitter right now. It's been a little weird, but you said you've been posting mm-hmm. on Blue Sky
1: i've been posting on blue sky yeah, yeah okay the vibes are good on blue sky
0: just saying well, trying to get I mean, in there but it's Im- it's impossible <laughs> yeah if I- it's it's
3: tough to crack in
0: <laughs>
1: yeah once I, once i have once i
0: have some uh some invite codes yes please please all right Whatever, yeah but. i'm over on threads it sucks <laughs> <laughs> i i have not
3: even bothered i'm waiting no, for blue, yeah, for, for the grace of blue sky
0: <laughs> um, yeah everyone should check out uh standard Defi- definition gaming and the blockade runner podcast those are both great and you have a new uh zine out which i thought was very cool about uh it was about the original fantasy star yeah
1: yeah um i'm doing a series of just like digital zines um just like short um retrospectives on games that i really like and i'm doing the original for fantasy star games as kind of my first project i think you know i think in all this like exhausting social media stuff that's happening right now where you're just like I just want to like talk about this thing that I like mm-hmm. on social media and there's like just so much like drama and stuff and like I think it's just you know it's it's like a good a good outlet where it's like hey I can just you know do this thing put it out there's no like ads or any you know in it and you know hopefully people will will enjoy it, but it's you know satisfying, um you know, in the same way I think for for you all, like making a podcast.
0: Exactly, yeah, I I got the same mm-hmm. feeling when I read that I, when I read your zine, I was like, one, I was like, oh, this would be so cool. I wanted to like do, I wanted to rip it off. <laughs> I want to rip off that do it and your um your rankings, but I because I had that same feeling of like, oh, it's cool to just like with every you know all everything moving at, at, like, a million miles an hour, I'm like, it's nice to kind of just, like, like with the podcast, for example, mm-hmm. Um, you know, the main thing I just get out of it is that we just kind of sequester some time to talk. Mm-hmm. Me and McKenna are playing these games together, and I'm mm-hmm. collecting N64 games, so, like, for me, yeah, it's just, like, a good, like, you know, carve out something for yourself to do and get, you know, get to talk about something you're passionate about. And yeah, I th- I thought the zine was really cool, so everyone should check it out. Thank you,
4: appreciate
0: it. Um, Michael, uh, yeah. Any anything else you got going on? We were watching some of your um, your newest videos. Uh,
3: yeah, they were pretty funny. Uh, <laughs> um, currently I'm I'm sh- I'm streaming a uh, a Majora's Mask Ocarina of Time uh, as one game, kind of randomized. That sounds um, like a headache. Entirely <laughs> randomized. It's it's a horrible labyrinth monstrosity. But I'm I'm currently working on uh, turning it into a video series, so oh, that'll okay. be coming out uh, at some point.
0: Okay, where where can people find that?
3: Um, it'll be uh on uh the Golly Rogers uh YouTube channel. Okay, sweet. So sweet. yeah, it'll be released there.
0: Um, it'll be you know what? The episode is coming out after this, but um, McKenna and I, from the, the date of this recording, uh, so this weekend coming up begins the, the Zelda Dungeon uh marathon. Both McKenna and I are part of the ZeldaDungeon.net team, and we're gonna be over there. It's a week long stream where we play all the Zelda games, there's all kinds of like gimmicks and stuff attached to them, and we it's like we raise money for charity so uh you can find the actual you can go back and find the vod uh at (laughs) twitch.tv slash zeldadungeon but we'll post we'll post about it beforehand on our social media i think a lot of people we already know already know about this but if you're Mm -hmm. hearing about it for the first time you should go check it out we love the legend of zelda (laughs) yeah (laughs) (laughs) yeah pretty good pretty good games good Great i games. think there there might be some good n64 ones to talk about
3: yeah <laughs> eventually yeah
0: no, that's, may, gonna a, uh, that's gonna be that's gonna be a moment when we get to that on the yeah. podcast because we, we we put the option of people like our friends like oh do you want to talk about this game you talk about this game i think mm-hmm. everybody wants to talk about zelda so. okay, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it'll be it'll too, be tough too bad it has to
1: split an episode with turok too
0: <laughs> oh, they come out on the same day. Like
1: you, you got an
0: even, even amount of
1: time for both of those. Oh God! I th- no, I think
0: I think we're gonna, I think we're gonna. But there was talk of like, oh, should we split it? And I think mm-hmm. we're gonna combine them. I think we're gonna stick true and talk about Tarak and Zelda in the same episode. <laughs> I, don't, I don't
1: know if Tarak is exactly the game that would, line oh up with okay, it, but, but it was like a late 98 release because like that was like such a hot time for Sixty Four. Like, Ocarina yeah. and well, now, Turok and Rogue Squadron.
3: Now I feel like you've committed. You have to put Turok with Ocarina.
0: Actually, spoiler and fun fact, I think mm-hmm. the first Turok game c- coming up soon in mm-hmm. a few episodes will have its own dedicated episode. Just because of how the, the... We couldn't find a good way to like pair it. We didn't want to do a three-part thing so uh Turok will just get a special uh episode dedicated <laughs> to it <laughs> are you gonna read the comics you know we saw one of the old ones at one mm-hmm. of the retro stores we went to and and I've been wanting to yeah like be completionist you know like we watched all the we watched freaking Michael uh <laughs> you know we listened to all these albums I'm like I kind of want to read the Turok comics but it just depends on time permitting I guess Mm -hmm. yeah i'll try interesting
1: because because there's some from like the 50s or 60s and then there's like the 90s one that like kind of went with the game it's a weird (laughs)
4: franchise.
0: yeah i'm I'm excited to go dive back into that because i do i have like memories of playing it but uh yeah they're 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 not so clear yeah foggy yeah Mm -hmm. (laughs) um but mckenna outside of the marathon um what else you got going on? You've got a lot of cool stuff coming up.
2: Yeah, I'm doing a lot of YouTube stuff right now. I uh I'm working on a silent playthrough of Oxenfree, whose sequel is about to come out. Mm-hmm. I might do a silent playthrough of that as well. And actually, uh, I'm gonna do some little like Let's Play style videos of a bunch of Zelda that'll all go up during the Zen- Zelda Dungeon Marathon. Kind of doing my own youtube zelda week uh yeah doing sweet. doing some awesome. fun stuff on there at a uh, harvest gamer liz on youtube
0: sweet i mean i don't know i i've been cramming in a lot of things before this marathon so i don't even know what to <laughs> promote but i got like a, a bajillion podcasts going on right now but uh andy and i last night we just recorded an episode on the uncharted movie uh starring tom holland um and it's it's kind of a bummer episode so if <laughs> oh uh <laughs> maybe this is not good promotion but um <laughs> we were just really grumpy about this movie so mm. only listen to it if you want to hear people being grumpy about i'm, su- I'm
3: sure some people want to hear that
0: yeah <laughs> um apart from that our artwork for the podcast has all been done by our pal cory and music by nico Thank you again um we did get we got more like uh reviews and uh ratings and stuff for the show, so thank you, please keep that up. um we're posting on YouTube. we've gotten youtube comments, so um I'll have to go back in and pull out some more and read some more stuff uh but I forgot to prepare that this time <laughs> um but yeah we're on we're on Twitter if that's still working flashback sixty four pod I guess we gotta look into the other things i don't know i don't know yet i i don't think threads is gonna pan out but maybe and <laughs> maybe we can get on blue sky if i get an invite code the first thing I will, i'll do is get flashback 64 on there because i want to see what's going on um you can email us at flashback 64 pod at com, and i'm gonna put a link in uh below but we're gonna because we're gonna have in our discord we're gonna occasionally do some uh game nights with our friends and so we're going to do one soon or maybe it will have already happened (laughs) at this point but we're going to start playing some mario kart actually we want to do some on nso uh to play with our friends uh we Mm -hmm. are doing we're doing trying to do actually almost all our games standard definition style and i've been Mm -hmm. collecting them all but we're going to do some Uh, online play with our friends so we're gonna try to play some mario kart 64 maybe some super mario kart because we are we do sometimes try to get some you know historical context and Mm -hmm. you know (laughs) look at the previous games or what else was going on and we're gonna have some new mario kart tracks on the the latest version so we might even Mm -hmm. play some of that so uh check out our discord um outside of that uh ryan michael thanks for joining us it was great it was great having you thank you yeah Yeah. once again thanks to everyone for listening we will see you in our next episode all about nba hang time and mario kart 64
3: Thanks for listening to Flashback 64. We're cruising on out of here. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Nice. (laughs)